0: people just living their lives very very well and we're yeah. attracted to that they've yeah. got that spark that it factor uh-huh. right and then the beauty of it is we find out later i was god sons of thunder is a
1: podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith fellowship and fitness
0: Hello, hello! Welcome back to another week of the Sons of Thunder podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We've got a good one today, and we've got some good, good people joining us on the cast. Oh yeah, it's Sean it's right the regulars. here. Regulars, I
2: mean, it's John and Sean. <laughs> oh yeah, you're not a good person. <laughs> I'm not a good person. I <laughs> made it sound like we had another uh, big player, big hitter with us. Big, large, round guy. You what? Know, An archbishop?
1: Claus? Yes. <laughs> The Archbishop. Oh. The Bish. The Bish. We'll, we'll get a Bish
0: 2.0 cast.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the other Bish. Drew. I Drew. Think Uncle Drew.
0: Next time with the Bish.
1: Yeah. I think we were like really like, concerned. Uh, no, it. but what, what was so funny was because after I stopped hitting record, he just was giving us gold. He oh was like, gosh, we yeah. were like, what what music do you listen to? He's like, oh, I listen to the top 40s. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what?
2: I watch Netflix. Yeah. I just love going home. <laughs> no, he, so he stayed funny. for a while after. For the viewers who don't know this, and we just chatted it up. You know, he was yeah, such was a grow. Yeah, he's a sociable guy, good conversationalist. You could tell that was a gift for him to be around young, youthful, energetic guys who were passionate oh, yeah. about their faith, not just some bureaucrats, some suits, <laughs> some fat cats, politicians. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was a
0: nice change of scenery for him. You know, yeah, hanging with <laughs> the guys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nothing profound there.
0: Yeah, speaking of up.
2: uh changes of scenery, what did you do this Thursday, Jacob? Oh,
0: I think you were with me, Chad. We uh we tried the clubbing scene. We
2: tried going clubbing. The sons <laughs> tried to club <laughs> Two of them well, Where did club. you go? Uh, downtown <laughs> Minneapolis. So the night started with uh my desire to dance. Um That's a shout a good out desire. To Kate Spager, she's amazing, but I'm like, I want to get my dancing shoes back on. Mm. And I was like, hey, let's go swing dancing. I got to get... Because Jake and I would compete at 301 last year, last <laughs> J-term. <laughs> we both started from ground zero with swing dancing. We had no idea what it meant, but we knew that there was just... The ratio was... Favorable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were a man who had social competence at all, in <laughs> and going into the that... Kind of <laughs> yeah. Didn't have glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I think I wore one too sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we both started. We went three weeks in a row swing dancing, and by the end, it was like we were flipping we would just, people around. We would just be staring at each other, trying to intimidate and like <laughs> outdo each other's moves. It's,
0: it's a good skill to have. I found myself swinging at like weddings and stuff.
2: Oh, it's fun. You, know. you were a wedding swinger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sean's wedding, I was swinging around plenty. Yeah, you know what you did that night? You spilled wine on my hey, shirt. My rented shirt.
0: We've had this discussion over the podcast. I apologize,
2: listener-land, for <laughs> John's repeated lies. Resentment, Resentment. <laughs> no, it, we I mean, should get a fact amazing. check machine. Yeah, honest. we should. In all reality, though, the club soda took out all the stain No, within, within and 20 uh, minutes. Who suggested Is that your trick? I, don't, I think it was a bartender. Yeah, I, was
1: gonna I didn't know club soda.
2: Yeah, I know. Club soda. I go to the bar. I'm like, help me out. And the guy's like, get some club soda on it. And then it's from New England. Yeah,
1: <laughs> chowder After you and get soda. the clam chowder, yeah. <laughs> you just eating. Well, go Pat's. Go Pat's <laughs> at Sean's oh. <John's> wedding.
2: <laughs> no, it was great. You know, I got the stain out just in time to see Jake swinging. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we uh, kind of went on
0: a tangent there, but you wanted to go swing dancing, and you called me up, and I wasn't really feeling the swing though. So we nope. pivoted and
2: decided we would go to a Latin American salsa no conga way. bar. I yeah. love salsa. It sounded sweet. I th- I forget the name of it. Conga Latina something. Something like that. Right down. Larpenter. Yeah, Larpenter. Uh, oh, no way. Yeah, right by 301, you know. Yeah. Uh, just over the river, kind of by, I don't know. It was kind of the St. Anthony, Anthony area. Yeah, yeah St. Anthony, Maine.
0: Um, so we get there, or we didn't get there. The convoy ahead of
2: us got there, and there was Caravan. no one at this bar. Pulled another audible, and one of our friends, Tony Preston, Shadow Tony, great man. He found a nightclub that allows eighteen plus because we were with some underage people, and of course, not we're not going to break the law. Oh yeah. yeah! So we go to a legal organization, but it's pretty high price, and it twenty was, dollar cover charge. Yeah. No drinks were like 7 bucks. It was a good time though. <laughs> it was it was What was it called? Was it like it was the, One of those. Exchange. the exchange. Interesting.
0: And so it was like EDM Yeah. And there was like this big DJ I guess. But not
2: like regular EDM. It was sort of the type of music that you hear outside of a house on Halloween.
1: Like just it was <laughs> very yeah, yeah,
2: it was it a was. bunch of noises, not yeah. real rhythm at all. Could not really hear each other? <laughs> no, nope. we were the only people dancing. Everyone else just dead nodding
0: on acid. It was like ninety percent, yeah, probably. (laughs) Honestly, it was like ninety percent dudes and yeah, white dudes who wore uh, camouflage. It would be like ninety five percent
2: dudes. Yeah, we had the three (laughs) women in the place. So
0: (laughs) it was an experience. I uh, I don't probably want to do that again.
2: Probably not that place.
0: But yeah, try another. I guess we'll figure it out.
2: We'll learn how to have fun. Eventually.
1: On the quest.
0: Yeah, let's dive into the cast. So today we are going to talk a little bit about sports and just some athletes we really admire. And, um, you know, all of us, I'd say at least a great majority of us have at least tried sports at some point in our lives. For Sean, John, and I, and even Eric, um, sports were big in our lives growing up. And, um, you know... We put our identity into them a lot, and um, I think there's just so much, so many great fruits of sports, even as a kid on up. And um, I know none of us are currently on an organized sports team, but we still love to throw the ball around. Oh, yeah, um, John, your birthday, we were in the parking lot outside Psycho Susie's. Sean tossing Will the pig Goodwin, skin. Shout out Will Goodwin and I, and we were throwing the football around, like over the cars. Oh. Yeah. But there's just something about sports at um, the great unifier. You know, you might not be able to speak the other person's language, but you guys can both kick a ball around.
2: That literally happened this summer to me. I played calcio in Sicily. I was the only American, and all these Italians and Spaniards were just like running so fast around me playing soccer. And I was like, who do I hit? And they're just yelling at me. I a yeah. <laughs> Okay, it was, did that, <laughs> I did
0: that in Haiti. And it's funny because you don't like speak the language. I didn't speak Creole. Yeah, I knew like Sak Passé, you know, Nabule.
2: But we what are those? We don't know them. <laughs> Sak Passé Pass- means what's up.
0: Oh, Nabule means not much. <laughs> That's all you could say. I thought you were talking soccer context. No, <laughs> soccer you know, st- like everyone knows the ball a players' names. So you'd be like Messi, and they'll be like yeah, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that was like the conversation was like Messi, and they'd be like yeah, and they cheer. and They'd be like Ronaldo, and they'd be like yeah, but you didn't actually speak the same <laughs> way. <exactly. laughs> and then this food is like messy. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but and we played soccer with them, and, like, we really felt a connection. Even though, like, words weren't really spoken, like, I felt close to them, and, like, there's definitely a
2: connection. There. Yeah, there's that fellowship.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. But, um, yeah, I think just with sports, too, like, growing up, that's definitely something I want to emphasize, whether, you know, for my kids, God willing, um, son or daughter, like, just the <laughs> things you learn in sports, yeah, and just Sean, the I know discipline. In
1: sports, so. Yeah, I think it's just what's so attractive about sports is because it's just you're tangible. You can tangibly see like your success and your development and your growth within it. You know, like, oh shoot, I made the B team. Like, I'm going to yeah. really try really hard to make the A team. So I think what really attracted me to sports was just it was an alternate way of expressing myself. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't that social. And I was really good at sports. So it was just a tangible way for me to kind of show who I was yeah. through my actions. You totally. Know? I think those are the friendships
0: you develop, too. Oh, yeah. Because you're with them so much. Practice, uh-huh. games. Those are the people you're hanging out with. Definitely. And there's there's that common denominator. So like, what brought us together, the three of us, was mostly actually St. Paul's Outreach. And like the common denominator is Jesus, which is really cool. But you know, for when we were playing sports, common denominator was chasing the championship. Yeah. Chasing that. And it's so powerful when you have a, something that spring you together. It's not, oh, I met this guy at the bar. He was funny. That's how we're friends.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, it's competition and cooperation mm-hmm. towards the ultimate goal. And that's, again, like you see it in the military, in fraternities, wherever. It's when you have a goal with a community working towards that goal. And sometimes the goals can be, better than others, you know, when we're talking theologically or even in real life, you got, you got a group project. Sometimes those are a bust because nobody puts an effort. Yeah. Other times they're amazing. But I think it comes down to the way of life because with me in hockey, that was a way of life. I can't remember why I got into hockey when I was six years old, but ever since then, it literally was my life. Like my, my God was, uh, he was with me only when I was between the pipes as a goalie. <laughs> like, my prayer would always be, Jesus, help me make this save. And I would just repeat it over and over and over and over again and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Or else, like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> why would you, why do you let bad things I happen? I remember <laughs> once, yeah, I <laughs> just like a <I'm> crying. <laughs> I remember once I prayed so hard, and it was, it was, I think it was Pee Wees. We were young, but we were good. This was the A-team. Nice. And we were playing Bloomington at Pagel in Minnetonka. And John Bacon, one of my defensemen, we were losing, but he he like flipped it up in the air, and somehow I prayed so hard. I'm like, God, please help me go in. And it went over the goalie into the other. <laughs> s- I was like, I <laughs> fell on the ice and just started rolling around. It was I mean, one of my best moments. How how'd that work? So explain that, that awesome. I don't know. See, that was an act of faith on my part. He was. Like, was I, it a dump though? No, like you know, yeah, you he was to get dumping it, it. Zone. He was dumping it from their blue line, so it's not in oh, my zone or yeah. in the middle. We were engaging them on offense, and the defenseman just flipped it in the air, and I was like, please, Jesus, please, 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 and it just goes in the net. (laughs) I had no idea how that happened, and I don't think he shot it, clearly, because it was, like, right up, (laughs) but it was one of those moments where I was like, God is real.
0: (laughs) Dude, I can relate to that so much. Like. Just
2: praying to God before a sports game, like,
0: God, just help me hit a home run. <laughs> make that catch. Or, you know, but that the was like. The deepest spiritual
2: experiences of our <laughs> life were on, always on the bench. Or, like, Please. you'll see these
0: athletes on TV and they'll point to the sky. Yeah. And so you'd win and you'd be like, Yes, God. And I like, do that too. You. They do that. It's God.
2: Yeah. They are on the same team as me. <laughs> we do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the way of life, though. It is. Definitely. That's why. I just love,
0: too, how. On these teams, you can see a guy years later. And he'll be like, hey, remember that game?
1: You slid head first, oh, broke yeah. your
0: nose, but you were safe, you know? Yeah. It's just, there's something about it, those stories and, you know, those oh, memories. Because yeah. you're sacrificing together, especially
1: good teams. Mm-hmm. Good teams, they sacrifice. There's yeah. commitment. Yeah, it's just, you ju- You do have those glory stories. Yeah. You know, like this one time. <laughs> it's fifth grade, like, for the championship of, like, one of the tournaments. Like, it was just the most, like, I hadn't scored, like, all game. <laughs> and they, like, it, there's, like, three seconds left. Which you game? Know. It's, like, fifth grade basketball, basketball. Like, the championship of, like, a dinky little tournament. Yeah. Like, they pass it to me on the elbow. I, like, shoot it. We're, like, down by one. It just swishes, like, oh. buzzer beater. Wow. And it was just, like, Dang. you're just, like, yeah. <laughs> Let's and, like, go to Tavani's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to hogies. <laughs> 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 but I like I ran into one of like my old teammates, and we still like talked about that. It's just it's oh, yeah. it's funny Absolutely. because that stuff bonds you. Stuff you know, lives on. <laughs> sure. It's the
2: band of brothers. You we watch those movies, and we I get envious, and I really desire a life like that. But we're given that. It just takes kind of a, a deeper understanding, a greater attention and vision to see that. But specifically with our sports growing up, that Definitely. was our band.
0: When did you guys start hitting the weight room
2: when it came to training? I remember I was putting a strength and conditioning program in seventh grade, summer. That's when I started, to Wow,
1: well, I, yeah. I, like, always lifted, but I didn't really, like, hit the weights hard till after high school. Really? Yeah. Even though you were on the football team? Yeah. I mean, I lifted, you know, like, yeah. I, I benched and squatted and stuff, but, like, I never really put on weight, you know? Okay, sure. Like, yeah, story of my life. Yeah, I could never put on weight. So Did my football
0: <laughs> career basically came <laughs> to a screeching halt when they moved me from corner to linebacker. And I was just way undersized. Yeah. And that's just when it just wasn't fun anymore. What you know? grade were you? This was junior year. Yeah. They switched me around and I just was not having success. I was 160 pounds. Oh, Yeah. Soaking wet, and (laughs) you know, I'd go up against these 200 pound linemen, and I was supposed to just ram right through them. Right, I just i was one of the fastest guys on the team, too, and it was just Mm -hmm. a bad experience. Oh, yeah, that's tough when you,
1: I mean, it's definitely the coaches, too.
0: You know, yeah, the coaches were a little hard, yeah, in their ways. We were, we were naturally a small athletic team, but we were running like we were bama in the 60s like power (laughs) up you know yeah run counter right up the middle and the base cannon (laughs) what the heck we have a guy who's going to college for track like and pitch him the ball you know yeah anyways enough of that
2: that's like a universal to high school sports in any state in any city is that the coaches are kind of dicks who are cold and they're trying to live out their glory days for probably good reason like you look back now, and, and I remember my coach saying, "I wish I just strapped on those pads. You have no oh, idea." Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh! But I, it's true, though. Th- there's this one coach that I had. Oh my gosh, I won't mention his name, but he was just like, I think he was like 30 years old, mm-hmm. and he was just going through a little mid midlife, mid-life <laughs> crisis. At so 30, yeah. So he At would 30. literally like kids were like messing around. And he would, like, fight them, Jeez. like, in football. He'd be like, I'm putting on a helmet. So he put on a helmet once. <laughs> it was just, like, clocking Destroying kids. Destroying like, <laughs> like, shouldering them. <laughs> and, like, it was just hilarious. Everyone he was just watches. We were just making fun of We're like, what is this guy doing?
0: I do think on the flip side, though, with every bad coach, there's a good coach. In, oh, yeah. In high school, you know, I had some good coaches, too. And those also leave an impact on you in good ways, so. Definitely. I mean, think about it if, <laughs> if your life like my life was largely baseball in high school, mm-hmm. I played football too, but baseball was like my cash cow cream crop <laughs> I don't know I can't <laughs> I cash. can't think of the word right and um so when my like whole being is in baseball, like the head of the baseball team he's going to have a big impact on me, oh, yeah, you know like let's put this in spiritual terms. He's almost like the priest at your parish, right so um Luckily, you know, I had some good coaches in baseball because they, what they said, definitely mattered. Especially when I was trying to play in college and stuff, I'd listen to my coach. So
2: mm,
1: definitely,
0: if you would have said take steroids, you know, I, I don't know if I would have gone that far. But you know yeah. what I mean. Like they could definitely have a lot of, a lot of power over you. Uh-huh. That being said, who are some athletes that come to mind are good examples who don't just. Aren't just great athletes, but also
1: really live out their faith. I I really looked up to Philip, Rizzer, R- Philip Rivers. Yeah, Um, he was just a super, I mean, super good guy, and I just remember watching him and being like, "Wow, he's he's Christian, he's Catholic," you know, yeah. like, like it was always a disconnect for me, you know, like, oh, to be a good athlete, you have to be cool, you had to do all these things, but it was just like never. Like I just remember watching Philip Rivers, and then he was just like he gave like a talk on. Like confession, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I was just like, he's just super influential, super good, faithful Catholic. And watching him, like, be at the top of his game, you know, be one of the franchise quarterbacks of the NFL. Yeah, um, just seeing him, and I, and I was a quarterback when I was younger. Just seeing him was super. I mean, he he definitely had an impact on my faith. But I wasn't. I don't think there were any like huge influential sports figures in my life um, that were kind of like life-changing. Yeah. Um, I would kind of say where I met more Christianity and sports was kind of, I mean, just in college, you know, Mm -hmm. playing pickup basketball. One of my first encounters with Sawyer Phillips was kind of when he asked us all to pray after we were playing basketball, you know, because I would play pickup every single night. Mm. in my freshman year of college we'd play pick up five nights out of the week you yeah. know mm-hmm. every single night and day, and yeah. i mean like that's when i like met spanton that's when i met like all of these guys like will goodwin like yeah. all of those guys playing basketball just duking it out like being really aggressive and and then you just get to know the guys so totally. i think my first thing, real encounter with faith and sports was um yeah with sawyer phillips you know I was like, wow, this is really cool because we pursue excellence on the court. Yeah. And then we pursue excellence as men, like, towards Christ, too. That's awesome. So, kind of, I mean, it was kind of late for me. How about sure. you, Jake?
0: Yeah. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Out. Timmy Tebow. I, uh, I've read both his books, but the first book I read, I got it in eighth grade summer. So, right before high school. So, it was good timing. But, um, yeah, for me, Tim Tebow is the first, like, influential Christian figure in my life more than any, like, biblical figure. Um, in some ways, weirdly more, like, Jesus is always the center. Like, he's obviously what Tim Tebow's striving for, but Tim Tebow just had, really had a big impact. And, um, yeah, just his witness to the... Fi- I was really impressed by his skill. He was, a, you know, a great baseball player, a great football player, and those were the two sports I was going to pursue in, in high school. And so, um, but he was also not afraid to speak about his faith. Yeah. So I had that, it's just like that dual attraction, you know, I'm, I'm initially attracted to him because of his skills, but then that faith was like that added, added element. Um, because I'd always had, I'd always had a faith and a relationship with Jesus Christ. It didn't really become strengthened, um, or embodied in me until sophomore year of college. But, um, Tim Tebow definitely was a good reminder of that, an example of it. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for someone like Tebow, be hard, it'd be hard for me to find a reason to practice my faith, right? Because he's that example of it. It's like, well, athletes don't really have a faith. Well, what's a faith for anyways? Because these are the people I admire. They're in amazing shape. They have all the success of the world, you know, exterior. And I'm not really contemplating on their interior life right now. I'm, uh-huh. I'm an eighth grader. So yeah. these people are invincible to me. So for Thibaut to, um, through his book, talk about faith and how it's impacted his Sports was really good. How I might have directed it might not have been perfect, you know. God yeah. help me hit this home run, whatnot. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just a great role model, and um, you know the world needs guys like like Tebow.
1: Yeah. So I guess I have a question, just related to like faith and sports. Like, why is it so? why is there such a disconnect between sports and faith? Like, why? I don't know. I'm trying to, like, figure that out, you know?
2: Well, I'm just thinking my own life. Is it,
1: like, the vanity or, like? I think it really uh,
2: does require a lot from you. And yeah, I'm picturing the example of LeBron James, who for his life to stay at the level of excellence he needs to he sleeps 12 hours a day mm-hmm. and then in the postseason he's sleeping 13. And he's eating three out of those hours. He's training six out of those hours and then that's the day. And uh, like, where is the time for prayer? Yeah. Not, not to say, I'm not yeah, saying anything no. about his personal life. They
1: sell, they sell everything, you know, hmm. for but the wrong reason. Or, or for a good
2: reason because yeah. like he, and we can't say anything about the nature of his soul at this point, but When you're competing literally all of your time, and in my own life right now, trying to build a career, trying to build relationships, God has become second, uh, third, fourth. Pretty soon, that relationship doesn't become important. Yeah. And that is something that whatever you do, you're the Mm -hmm. peak politician, you're the peak actor, you're Jim Caviezel, you are the peak sports whatever. We look at these guys like Tim Tebow, like Jim Caviezel, like Matt Burke. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, Wilson. who make God still the center of their life, and he blesses that. But that's a big difference. And I think that's why it's so admirable.
0: Um, Another thing that came to mind, Sean, when you asked that, is when you openly profess your faith and are a Christian athlete, that's a lot to live up to. It is. You've got this pedestal now on you. And you're going to be even more under the microscope, whether that's from the media or um, even Christians. They're going to give you're going to have expectations, right? They're waiting that's, for you to slip up territory. You know, you're going to be persecuted. And so I think a lot of them choose to more remain quiet out of fear. Yeah. Not to mention
1: too. Um, maybe they're afraid it might hurt their endorsements. Definitely, you know, or the oh yeah because money it, or something. Kind of in terms of the external like expressing it. There are so many. I rem- I just always after watching the NFL games, you see like you see like announcers on the field and like at FCA they pray after every game like in the center of the field, and you see like of fifty or seventy like NFL players praying. Really? At the end of every game. Yeah. I remember like you you know, you kind of see like announcers on the field after every single game, FCA, it's mm-hmm. like the fellowship of Christian athletes. Yeah, they play pray on the center of the field. They never put that on media. They never put that on the media. No. But you see it in the background. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like how many other great athletes are Christian but choose not to? Yeah. Just because there is so much scrutiny mm-hmm. and you see just the the skew in Tebow's second book, just how when he didn't make it, so many people were like, Well, it's because he played the Christian card or like when he got to where he was, people are like, Oh, that's just because he's Christian and everyone feels bad for him and stuff like that. Like it is just so I feel like it's so hard to be authentically you in the sports realm because the sports realm is always full of excuses. Mm -hmm. You know, there's it's so easy to Like, have excuses when you're playing sports. You know, like if some dude dunks over me, it's like, oh well, he's he's six eight, he has an inch on me, and it's like, no, I I slipped up. You know, yeah. It's like we live with so many excuses playing sports. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's so easy to to rat on your team. Oh, I didn't have a good coach. Oh, what the one player messed up. Yeah. You know, it's kind of so easy to get on that scape, find that scapegoat. So I think, just in that sports realm. It's, I mean, there there are a lot of excuses. Mm. All your excuses are lies. Yeah.
2: That's Jocko. So wherever you live, whether it's within the sports realm or a student, if you lie, if you ex- make excuses for your own soul, even if you have like a thousand reasons, you have no excuse. Yeah. And when you make excuses, especially for the truth himself, that's when you sell your own soul and you... Pluck the apple, and then you're, yeah, you're lessened, right? Didn't we talk about this at the last podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just makes me think of, like, LeBron James has like 130 million Instagram followers. Like, the amount of people you can reach with that clout. What if he just posted something like John 3:16? That's 130 million people are seeing that message. Uh-huh. When T- Tim Tebow wore. The eye black for the first time. Right. Uh-huh. Um, Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 96 million people Googled Philippian, Phil, because it said Phil, 4.13. <laughs> during the game. 96 million. That's so cool. within, It was like within um, three days after during the game and then three days after, 96 million wow. people did that. Just from a simple act of putting it on the yeah. eye black, you know. So uh-huh. fifty six, sorry, ninety six, ninety six million people learned that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them.
1: Uh huh.
2: I remember you showed me that video.
1: That, was, that video is
2: amazing. There's so many coincidental moments of Tebow's faith and God's providence.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think it's just. I mean, it, God does reward you when you're. External with your faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you wear it on your chest, when you're proud of him, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like just any relationship, you know, like I think of my relationship with Dilexi, like if I'm like scared to tell people that I'm like, I was dating Delexi, like back when we were dating, like she wouldn't be happy with that, you mm-hmm. know, like if I shot it from the mountaintops, right? shot it from the rooftops, that's going to make them joyful and you're mm-hmm. going to get more reward from that. For sure.
2: It's a relationship. It is. In John Burry's book, How to Love Your Wife, which I'm reading right now, he he talks about how he would ask male students, tell me about your girlfriend. Is she special? That's the question he uses. And that's the key is that in a relationship with uh, whoever, our lover, God himself, or anything, it comes down to, is this important to you? And we know Christ says to us, if you honor me before men, I will honor you before the Father. But if you wow. hmm. dishonor me before men, I will dishonor you before the Father. Yeah. Yeah. And think about it, like I just came from formation and God is love. And we were love first. Yeah. And we so he he is constantly asking us for his trust, for our trust, excuse me, and our love, even though it's his. Yeah. And so while I would dis like maybe I wouldn't agree certainly with Always wearing Christ out there because yeah. it's uh, it's about the interior disposition. I would agree. Like if you feel the call to put Philippians four thirteen under your eyes or wear a big cross, like certain guys love to wear their crosses out oh, yeah. because they're proud of their relationship, which is good. But if you're uh-huh. doing that solely because you want to be a martyr, or you you know, yeah, it, it has to, And I'm the same There's way with like how blanking. pharisaic people can get with these uh, little catholic-y things and this is a tangent but it's like every genuflection every little you know sign of the cross it has to be this certain way it has to be because that indicates your fervor that (laughs) indicates your devotion to our lord and me i'm like and jake you first hinted me in this when we were talking about receiving on the hands versus the tongue because some people get so fired up about that and what did you tell me jake I just told you it's it's not about the way you receive it, it's what's what's in your heart when you receive it. What are you focused on? And that's why part of me the pendulum swings all the way to the right for those people who are super in your face Christian, because I can't judge. I wanna judge and say, like, dude, stop being a hypocrite. But if their heart is in such a place that they yeah. love God enough to boast and share, like, look at Paul, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm not that way.
1: Yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's all about the heart. You know, God clearly called Tim Tebow to put the eye black on. And as far as I'm aware, Tim Tebow did it without any vanity. It was all for love of Jesus. But if you're Mm -hmm. doing it just to get attention, because I mentioned there's persecution when it comes to embodying your faith, but there's also praise that you handed on, Sean. And that's very true. And depending on the circles you're running into, sometimes the more you put out with your Christian faith, the more praise you're going to get. But if you're just doing that to fit in or to look good or, oh, look at me, I'm this good Christian guy for all the wrong reasons, then that's just, that's what um, verse is in the Bible where it's an act without love is not good. at Like, a kind act without love is not good at Are all. Are talking about yeah.
2: no where he says, I could be speaking from the mountaintops in angelic yes. tongues, but yes. I do not have love. Yeah. Exactly. Paul, baby. And I mean, we might not be able to see through, but God sees right through that.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want to jump on that point. I think that kind of relating to the what we've been talking about in the re- most recent podcasts, like waiting for the call, finding what we're good at. Um, we're all like Tim Tebow. You know, we can all – I'm maybe the Tim Tebow of finance or something <laughs> dumb like <laughs> <Yeah. that>. Excel. <laughs> He's going all the, the way. I got like Philippians 413 on my like knuckles. On your fingers, Phil413. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. All my coworkers Googling Phil413.
2: Hundreds of millions of Excel users today.
1: No, but it's like we're all good at something. And in those situations, someone is going to look up to us in that situation. So 100%. let's say... John, you have a great point in class and someone's like, oh, my goodness, that guy is so smart. And if he sees you in the lunchroom later and he's like admiring you because you're so smart and he sees you do the sign of the cross and say grace, hmm. like he's going to be like, yeah. wow. oh, wow, he's so smart and he's Christian, you know, because I think that is the team. Tebow effect, you know, he's an amazing athlete Yeah, and he's Christian. So it's like, it's going to make me, Oh, same with Sawyer. Same with Sawyer. Like any, and the, your admirer, he's going to be like, Oh, I'm in his class. And I thought that same thing, but he's Christian too. So why, why can't I be good and Christian? You know, people just living their lives very, very well. And we're attracted to that. They've got
0: that spark, that it factor. Uh Right. And then the beauty of it is we find out later, I was god yeah but we mm. at least when you're coming to faith oftentimes we don't know that uh-huh. the one of the guys jake smith shout out jake smith he got married about two months ago um he was mm. one of the guys who helped bring me into the kind of christian community here yeah but i sought him out because i saw him mingle with the professor after class and at first i'm like oh this guy's just sucking up to the <laughs> professor he wants a good grade because he was asking him like how was your weekend but then I'd see Jake like a few weeks later and he was talking that same way with that intentionality, that genuine, hey, how was your weekend? I want to know. I'm not just asking it as a formality. And I was just attracted to his persona, the spark yeah. he had. So I, I reached out to him, sent him a little email actually, and um, got to know him. And then he started, LinkedIn. you know, inviting me to Christian type things. And, but he, he it was that it factor that I was attracted to. Yeah. And then I found out it was because of Christ. Uh-huh. And that's what God does. He uses those people.
1: Yeah.
2: With great power comes great responsibility. And to those who have been given much, much will be asked in return. Uh Mm -hmm. And that's who we are. Like you're saying, Sean, in our tiny sphere of influence, whether Tim Tebow's... In a blink of the eye, in a blink of God's eye, Tim Tebow's realm is nothing. And probably in his own eyes it's nothing. In our eyes that's nothing, but We have great responsibility and great power to those who are affected. Sean, your wife, for me, my girlfriend, my parents—it's like it. It's important, infinitely in God's eyes, because it's a matter of the soul. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's like it. It really—it's that weird paradox. It's not that important because we're not that important. We're not prideful, but it's a balance between narcissism and and hatred, self-hatred. You got to find yourself. That's always what we're trying to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this has sort of been the river of life that we've been dipping our feet into lately. It's finding ourselves as sons of God through discipline, through the, the way of life that we're living, whether it's a sports team, a, a father, a brother. You find yourself in community with others, but you've got to be successful in the world that Schlag talked about way back when. Yeah. He, there's no reason to be lazy because mm-hmm. you have a faith with Jesus Christ mm. that should be propelling you and moving you to be the best in where you're at because you love him and you love yourself and you know your dignity and worth just like Tebow, just like our favorite actors and whatever athletes, you know, yeah, that's the driving force. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it was just good to talk
0: about kind of the effect of sports it can have and how, it can almost inadvertently lead us to the faith. Sean grew up playing basketball, loved it. Came to UST, wanted to continue playing basketball. Ended up meeting some rock star Christian dudes through that. Uh huh.
1: Um, I think it just sports are just good because they um, they just train us. You know, pursuing excellence, pursuing good, mm-hmm. wanting to be good. You know, wanting to be great. Teamwork, you know, we all. I mean, like, I yeah. looked at Michael Jordan. I was like, I want to be him. You yeah. know, we all looked at that, and and that so easily correlates to Jesus. You know, you look at Jesus. Oh, I want to be him. Like, mm-hmm. not not fair, yeah. sake. Like, not, <laughs> <laughs> not sacrilegious Give type me of. Give power. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have Jesus's power. No, <laughs> but we but are just, called. To imitate yeah, it, yeah, we do. It, we are right? called to imitate Christ, and just seeing that, like Tebow, like anyone, you know, they good. Do it well, and, they do it well, and they shine and reflect Christ. Yeah. And
0: that's clearly what God made them to do. You know, Michael Jordan was made to be a basketball player Uh and he lived that out excellently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then when you get a good Christian, that's like, that's dangerous. Yeah. But
1: that's, that's what Michael Jordan is called to do. You know, be good at what he's good at and and reflect and give glory to God for those gifts. Amen.
2: Amen. We know the greatest glory of God is man fully alive. And yeah. it comes down to your heart animating and moving you, whether that is moving you towards basketball or... Or Excel. Or Excel, whatever it is, the path of life you're walking, especially in sports, that's where you come alive and that's where you invite God into that. And so definitely, they're not exclusive. They're not diametrically opposed. You can be an amazing athlete who is a saint. Yeah. You can be an amazing computer nerd who's a saint you know that's what it's all about it's just that relationship
1: yeah and and I think just one tidbit of um, what do you call them takeaway takeaway I would say just I mean figure out what you're good at whether it be video games or basketball and just and just thank God for that when you're doing it you know give God glory you don't have to be like hey let's pray after you don't have to do that yet but give God glory when you make a shot when you make a kill or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Like, give Music, him glory. You know,
0: Music at, whatever you're good at. We yeah. talk about him every cast, but look at John Belling. Like, yeah. That dude, watching him in the studio. Yeah. If you haven't yet, go on YouTube, just the type in John of. Belling and the making of, whatever it is. And that dude, man, he's alive, but he he's is. also, he's giving glory to God. Yeah. And it's so cool to see. It's so it appealing, so attractive, but... Thank you
2: for listening Ooh. to this cast. I want to do a song list on the next.
1: We'll do we'll do a song list. Okay, I want
2: because uh, Bellion's definition album is blowing me up right Dude, now. Dude, <laughs> let's
1: we could do a um we could do one of those reaction like we could listen to the whole album through and then do a reaction video or something. Yeah, we've got good feedback on the ones we did the entire one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like that. If you fun. if you guys are fans of Bellion, um comment which song HMU. We do. hit hit us up mm. email us we want. We're going to do a giveaway so you guys interact with us. Yeah, something. <laughs> we need to. We have goods. <laughs> we want to hear you
2: listener land.
1: we got a calendar coming out soon, so no, yep. just kidding. <laughs> Shirtless calendar. <laughs> yeah, it's all. Sean chopping down <laughs> a tree. <laughs> just <thighs>. Lumberjack. <laughs>
2: all four of us. Oh, Who's be pretty the funny. picture? All four of us <laughs> in a hot tub. Just, <laughs> just some beers and yes. brats. Beers yes. and brats. But hey, <laughs> we'd sell it all.
1: Yes. yes. Well, have a good beginning of Lent. Oh yeah, that's it is the, oh, yes, it's absolutely. the beginning of Lent. So mm-hmm. make sure you got your whatever sacrifices. Do something. We'll talk about. Yeah, for we'll talk, about it. We'll talk, about, it. We'll talk about it next week. Second week of Lent, we'll be in there.
0: Absolutely. One
2: step at a time, boys. Huh? Okay.
0: Well, signing off here. My name is Jacob.
2: <laughs> my name is Sean. <laughs> yeah hope everybody can at least recognize this by now this is john yeah and thank you for listening this have is a Tim great Chivo. rest of your day and Sports. Week. and week
0: sons of thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered
1: around faith fellowship and fitness